0: Hey, before we dive in, we got to do a big celebration. Uh, Tyler uh, and Raquel just had their second baby. That is so awesome. Tell us about your child. Uh, Her name is Brixley Rain, and she is beautiful. She is, I mean, as easy if not easier than Paxton was, which is, that's what we prayed for. So God is answering prayers from the get-go.
1: Yeah, so yeah. she looks so, like her mom.
0: And I love that he said God is answering prayers and we're going to pray tonight for baby three and four and f-. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> he had told me two, but that might mean two more. But no, I'm kidding. That's awesome. And another celebration. Casey used a grill for the very first time. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> so you did, really- right? Yes. You have inspired me over the last few weeks to start grilling. So I watched a YouTube video last night. <laughs> My husband wasn't home. So I learned how to grill cheeseburgers. Nobody got sick. It was good. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. And my favorite part of what happened was this, is I said the cleanup was easy. And she said, yeah, it was. Kai cleaned up. She had her husband clean up. The cleanup's always easier. Yep, it's true. Yeah, Kai, good job. Acts of service is a love language. And Casey, that's number one, right? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, number one. That's what I thought. See, when I brought up love languages, by the way, uh, what we're talking about actually is worshiping. When we worship, we're in true connection with God, and there are different ways we worship. Sometimes we think it's just singing. It's not just singing, although singing is an amazing way to worship God, but you can have words of affirmation. You sing or you speak, but you also can have acts of service towards God, which we'll get to in a few weeks, and we're going to talk tonight about something else, quality time. Mm. Quality time, a, a way of experiencing worshiping God by you saying, God. You're so important to me. I would set aside quality time to be with you. And, and I would never veer from that. I would never get away from that. I, I, would lo- I love spending time with you. I think you probably would have to agree with this. A sign of love is you want to spend time with the person. Right. And if you, don't, if you don't want to spend time with them, uh, that, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Especially if you're married. But anyway, <laughs> how many of you guys is, is quality time your love language? Okay, Laura, that's... And Tim? Okay, yeah. My wife, Pam, it is big time. And uh, one time, I got to tell you, this actually happened. We were dating. It was early on in dating. And uh, I, I was immature or whatever. And so I got really mad at Pam. And so I was supposed to come over and see her. I thought, but you know what? Man, after what she did, forget this. And then I thought, oh, I'll come over. So I come over and I pick her up. And she comes walking out all excited. She has no idea anything's wrong. And she gets in the car. And I'm quiet. And I drove to a park and it was sunset, and we go out and sit on the grass, and I just sit there quietly, and the sun begins to set, and I sit there not saying a word, and in my head, in my head, I thought Pam was like, what's wrong? I'm in trouble, but she's sitting there, and so finally, the sun sets, and we're there a little while longer. I haven't said a word the whole time, and I said, well, let's go, and she goes, you know what? This was the best date we've ever had, (laughs) She meant it. She meant it. She like, she was like a clouding on (laughs) me. So Pam, you're watching. And you asked Pam, that was so true. But see, here's the thing. We're talking about this genuine connection with God. And if you haven't heard about it, um, Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, which I'm a big fan of. And he believes, you know, that you and I as humans, we probably have one or two love languages that stands out the most to us. But God, God, who's perfect, loves all five. And when we show love to God using the language of who he is, love, the language of what he put in our hearts, love, then what happens is we begin to go into the presence of God in a powerful way. So last week we said it's words of affirmation, either spoken or sung. And the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. You're going to see tonight that Jesus actually longs He actually wants and longs to spend time with you, to be close to you. By the way, nothing has revolutionized my life more than than the time I spend with Jesus every single day. Uh, I mean, it has changed me. It has transformed me. Uh, I really got to tell you, I'm in a place right now where I'm not perfect at all. As a matter of fact, maybe I'm more aware of my imperfections because of this. That I connect with him in deep, real, and vital ways. And you know what I would say when you say, Well, you know, you have a lot more imperfections, but it makes me more and more aware of his grace because he's not down on me, he's not against me, he's loving me, he's caring for me. And and so uh, I want you to know that that matters. Um, I was a youth pastor, a next gen pastor for 23 years. And uh, what happened is the elders of the church I was at, Christ Church of the Valley, where Tim and I were together, uh, they reached out to me and said, we want you to be the next senior pastor. So I was getting ready to do the baton pass after 23 years of pouring into the next gin, loving it. By the way, Pam and I loved every moment of it. And I knew in my heart that uh, the responsibility was going to be heavier and the pace was going to be faster. In other words, I knew that I was gonna be under more stress and I was gonna be busier than I'd ever been in my life. I, I was smart enough to know that change was coming. And so I got with a friend of mine and I, I said, hey, what do you, what do you, what's the best advice you could give to me? And he said, Chuck, how many days a week do you spend with God? I said, five. Five days a week, I'm with the Lord. He said, make it seven and don't miss one. He said, make it seven. You need it now more than ever because the weight is gonna be heavier and the pace is gonna be faster. So knowing that was coming, and by the way, it was heavier than I thought. And it was a bigger weight and it was definitely way faster than I thought. Um, I made the commitment not to miss a day meeting with the Lord. Today was my 6,626th day of meeting with God without missing a day. And uh, I wanna tell you, yeah, um, but I, 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 you guys say, are you saying that to brag? Of course I, no, not really. <laughs> no, you know, I just like keeping lists. I mean, all you guys, who, anybody who knows me, I, I keep lists of everything. And, and I love the idea of saying, God, you were that important to me that I didn't miss a day with you. I didn't miss my time with you. I didn't miss my moment with you. By the way, 6,626 is over 18 straight years uh, of meeting with the Lord. Um, And I do, I tell about this all the time. When I meet with God, it's I pray, I read his word as he teaches me, which I'm going to get into in a minute. I don't just read the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes and teaches me things and shows me things. And I'm closer to God now than I ever thought I would be. Let me promise you that will happen. If you will get serious and do this in a quality way, you'll become closer to God than you ever knew was possible. And I got to say this, I really believe when I'm reading the Bible and I see the relationship Abraham had, the relationship that Elijah had, the relationship uh, that Paul had, that I sit there and don't feel like, oh, that was them and this is me. I actually feel like it's the same. It really is the same. And I want that for you. I really want that for you. By the way, uh, Pastor Paul yong e Cho is the pastor of the largest church in the world. Uh, I always love to tell this because it's mind boggling. His church runs over 750,000 active people in one church, and they keep <laughs> starting churches of 50 and 100,000. So uh, uh, this guy's amazing, and he's in South Korea. Uh, here's what I want you to know. Paul yong e Cho said this. On a normal day, I spend an hour a day with the Lord. On a busy day, a stressful day, I spend two to four hours with the Lord. Now, to me, that sounds almost counterintuitive. Like if I'm gonna be busier, how am I gonna get my hour in? But he thinks this, if he's gonna be busier, he needs the time with God more than ever. And uh, I wanna tell you, I know that's true for me too. There are times when I hit a stressful time, a busy day, a heavy day, then not only am I have my time with God in the morning, I'm going to have to get away with him at night and maybe during the day too, and just spend time with him and let him speak to me and talk to me and guide me and just love with let God, love on me and get a chance to love on him too. So uh, here's what I want to tell you. Revelation chapter three, verse 20. Jesus is talking to Christians, by the way. These are words he says to believers, people who are followers of God. Now, he feels this way for you if you're not a Christian. But all of us who are Christians, Revelation 3, 20 says this, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. I want you to look at those words again. Think about those words again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Let me ask you a question. Who's the one who wants the meeting? Who's the one who wants to be with the other person? Jesus said, I came by your house and knocked on the door because I wanted to be with you. Don't miss that. He showed up and said, I'd love to come be with you. Uh, You know what's interesting? He didn't say, and behold, you have to call me. Behold, you gotta give me an invitation. Behold, I need a invite, you know. Um, uh, He didn't say that. He said, I'm standing right outside the door, hoping you'll open, wanting you to open because I wanna come be with you. He loves to spend quality time with you. You know what? You're so interesting to Jesus. I don't know if you know that. You, 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 you are someone he loves to be with. Uh, I always say this, and I think I'm right. Jesus has nothing better to do than spend time with you. And by the way, Jesus is Jesus. He's God. If anybody's busy, it's God. But you know what the bottom line is? You're that important. You matter that much. And so Jesus said, I'm standing there, and I'm the one knocking, because I really am hoping and wanting you to open the door so I can come in. And, and if you open up, he said, I want to come and not just be with you. He said, I want I want to dine with you. Now, I think that's really interesting. Because in almost every culture I know of, uh, breaking bread together is a sign of intimate fellowship. Uh, you know, And by the way, can you eat with somebody you don't know that well? Yeah, but by, the conversation always easier. Like, I don't know if you're just sitting there with someone looking at each other. Uh, it, it's okay, but if you got something to eat, man, the, like you could talk easier, you could listen better, you could tune in, it, it's, it, time flies by. And, and you know what the Lord says? I don't wanna just be with you. I wanna break bread with you. The word dine there, I, I, I hope you know, is written, the New Testament's written in Koine Greek. And that word dine actually means to share the evening meal. In that culture, the evening meal never goes fast. It's an event. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a Middle Eastern meal. Uh, Tracy, my assistant, is Lebanese. And I know she would tell you this, that when they have Lebanese food, there's a first course, a second course, a third. Oh, I said that wrong. There's a pre-course, a first course. A, right, is that true or what? And, and you sit back and everyone's together and everyone's tuning in and everyone's a part of what's happening. It probably is important to know this too. Research shows by the way, I'm talking about very well done research shows families who eat dinner together tend to be healthier and happier than those who don't. Children who are part of the families that eat dinner together on a regular basis, those children tend to be more secure and they tend to be more successful. Uh, Tyler, you're shaking your head. Tyler's a teacher. I I never asked you to do this. We probably ought to. But I bet money, the students that are doing the best, the parents take time to sit down and eat dinner with them. Probably. Yeah, Yeah, probably, yeah. We're going to do that. If you go to our school, you better start eating with your kids because we're going to be finding out. We're going to check it up on you. Yeah. No, but, you know, seriously, there's been a lot of research done on this, not one or two studies, more than one. In different generational settings in different cultural settings. And they found just across the board that when when children are are valued enough to be invited to the meal and and there's conversations at the meal, that it feeds into their self-image and their souls. And you know what Jesus said? I want to spend time with you that way. I want to share that kind of opportunity for you and I to be together. I I want us to break bread, the Lord says. And you might say, well, Chuck, are you saying literally? Well, guess what? There was a time it was literal. In Luke 22, verse 15, Jesus was talking to his friends, and he said this. He said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He said, I'm about to go through the most grueling, painful moment of my life. And nothing matters to me more than you and I spending time having a meal together. Really being together. And you know why? He loved them. And the fact they wanted to be with him, they love him. And remember, worship is actually just showing love to God and receiving God's love as you show love to God. So it, it was literal for the apostles. Is it going to be literal for us? The answer is yes, it is. Uh, in heaven, we are going to eat. And, and the Bible says that. And I take this very Literally. I take this very literally. So what are we talking about? It's in the book of Isaiah chapter 25. And this is what's talking about happens right after what we call the rapture. The rapture is where Christians are instantly caught up out of this world. Uh, As a matter of fact, the word says it happens in an atomic second in, in 1 Corinthians 15. in an atomos moment of time is the way it's worded in the Greek. And so what you and I need to know, all of a sudden, all the Christians will be gone. But you're saying, where are they gone? Well, they're gone to heaven. But is that what it means? Not just gone to heaven. They're gone to a heavenly feast. They're gone to eat with the Lord. They're gone to eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it says. And we all go in together, and we get to be together. And it says in Isaiah 25, verse 6, the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain. A banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined age wine. And on the mountain, he will swallow up the covering, which is over all people, that's death. And in that moment, death is gone. Death is swallowed up in the feast and the celebration we're in. It says, even the veil that is stretched out over the nations, he will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. And he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. God has spoken, this will happen couple things I don't want you to miss. In this quality time moment, if you look up and tears are coming, Jesus himself will come to wipe them away. He'll come that close to touch you, to be near you, to watch over you. And then don't miss the idea of the meal. The meal is the best of all types of meat you can possibly have the best meat ever. Uh, uh, in our day and time, in our realm right now, uh, most people agree the best meat you could possibly get is called Wagyu beef. Uh, yo, there we go. We got some people going. Uh, Wagyu, right? Yeah, Wagyu. It, it actually got, dates back to cattle in Japan that were raised in a certain way. So there's the beef on the house cows was incredibly tender, incredibly tasty, uh, incredibly uh, uh, just a mouth-watering to eat. And so what, what I want you to know is our church staff here, we host the uh, Vantage Point church staff. They're an incredible church not far from us. So we invited their church staff to join with us. They wanted to be with us, and I was able to get my hands on some Wagyu beef. And I thought, I can't give in to everybody, but I'm going to give a drawing so most people can get it. But then I told their senior pastor, Mark Lee, who's an incredible guy, I said, hey, Mark, if you want, I can, I can grab a couple pounds for you. And uh, before I knew it, Mark was walking around with four pounds. (laughs) He was smart. And he sent me this picture. I got to have you guys see this picture that he sent me as he's making Wagyu beef hamburgers. Does that look like joy or what? And here's what he said right under the text. Pastor Chuck, best burgers ever. Best burgers ever. Well, here's what I'm trying to say. It is that when we get to heaven, it's the best food ever. Why? It's about the quality time. It's about the quality time. Uh, My wife, Pam, I told you, is a quality time person. She loves to go out to eat or she loves to eat at home, but she never wants the meal to be about the food. It's about the fellowship. Now, good food helps with fellowship, but that's what God is saying. That's what God wants you to experience. That's what God wants you to know. So it says you would have refined, aged wine and the best meat possible. Then, then, I also want you to know that while the food is going to be literal, it also at this point is spiritual. That doesn't mean it's less real. It doesn't mean it's less, by the way, I'm going to even use the word nutritious or nourishes you any less. Because God's word is food for our soul. A while back, I even said every time I get in the word, I call it soul food. Uh, And every day I have soul food with God. And uh, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, your words, the words of God, the Bible, were found and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I've been called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Um, When I first started spending every single day in the word, I enjoyed it. But there were days, there were days, I gotta be honest, where I was like, oh, okay, come on and I had to get my head together. I had to wake up. not a morning person, uh, and and I would open the Word, and and I would dig in. But right around a day 100, it changed. And I actually wrote about that because I always journal, and I wrote, something changed today. And day 101 was different, and day 102, and all of a sudden, it was different. And I, I'm not just saying this. This is so real to me, so true to me. My wife will tell you. My grandkids will tell you. My grandkids will tell you when Papa goes to be with God. Man, he's so excited. He's so happy. I, I know where I'm going each morning in different places. I've got a cup of coffee with me almost every time. And I sit down and I just get ready for God about to do something in my life. Uh, always going to do something. Sometimes it's more like that whisper. Sometimes it's just sitting in his presence. And so many times it's him speaking in a way that I'm going, whoa, man, I needed this. Mm. By the way, this quality time with God is not just me talking to him. It's him talking to me. Mm. Uh, It's about an interaction, a conversation. It's about listening. It's about digging in. So I want to give you two thoughts to make your time with God better. One is follow the way of Jesus. One, the way of Jesus in prayer is what you want to follow. So if you want to have the best time with God ever, then this is the way of Jesus and it's prayer. Luke 5.16 says this, but Jesus would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. Now, it wasn't that he would often pray. He always prayed but he would often slip away from everybody else and make sure it was just quality time with him and God the Father. Amen. And you know, it's interesting how many times God the Father said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. He would say that over and over about Jesus. That's right. and, and they would meet together and they would spend time together. Mark one thirty-five says this, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and he went away to a secluded place and was praying there. By the way, while I do love my wife, Pam, we almost never, ever do our intentional times with God together. I call that an intentional time of intimacy, by the way, where it's not just a quiet time, it's, it's intentionally being with God. And sometimes we can be together, but most of the times we can't. I just need to be with him. I just need to hear from him. And she does too, by the way. Uh, Pam loves her own quality times with God. But in Luke 6.12, it says this. It was at this time that Jesus went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. The whole night. I, I really believe I know what happened. I think he went away that night and he just started talking with the Lord. He goes, whoa, it's morning. It, time just flew by. Which, by the way, I've had that happen to me more than ever. Uh, this is probably not... Good. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't have a clue. You decide if it's good or bad. Put it in the chat. You're, I, that I'm evil, sinner, or I'm a good guy. But anyway what am I talking about? I was supposed to speak at a college in Kentucky. And so I'm on East Coast time and I get up early in the morning and I'm all excited to have my time with God before I start into my day. And so I I find this place to be with the Lord and I'm reading and studying and reading and studying. and, And so I knew I had about an hour and all of a sudden my phone rings and I pick it up and they go, where are you? You're supposed to be on stage. I was out in that field for two hours it just flew by. I, I was like, but I was like on a rock or something, you know, it's not even like, and, and, and just, and all of a sudden, I'm like, no, and, and like, it seems like a really bad excuse. Well, I was praying, you know, and, uh, but, but I had to, by the way, I made it, and God spared me that day, but when you love someone, the time flies by. Uh, when Pam and I were dating, Uh, I would pick her up. We'd go out on whatever date we went on. And then I would pull up to her house when the time was over. And we would start to talk for a few minutes before she'd go in. And I cannot tell you the number of times all of a sudden the the porch light would start flashing. (laughs) And her mom was letting us know, too long. Get in the house. And she's like, how could you be out there that long? And she's like, Mom, we didn't know. And she really didn't know. I mean, we we weren't being rebellious. But one time, I think it was like an hour and a half. And her mom's like, are they ever going to come in? And we just loved each other. By the way, I want to tell you something else. I love Pam that much today that I could sit in the car an hour and a half with her and not even know the time... Uh, I had not flown, flown by. And I definitely love the Lord that much. I just love spending time with him. And Jesus did. So what you need to do is you need to be somebody who understands what it's like to just really take time to be with the Lord and grow in your relationship with him and pray. I mean, really pray. And that means you talk to God and you listen to God. That's right. You let him speak back to you. The second thing I want to tell you about is called walking with God. Hmm. Walking with God. There ought to be times in your life where you and God just go for a walk. Now, the word walk with God actually is a symbolic term, meaning you're walking with God every day of your life, journeying through life with him. But I think we can't do that in a symbolic way if we won't do it in a literal way. It's interesting, in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, it says that God came walking in the evening because he wanted to go on a walk with Adam and Eve. Uh, it's also interesting to note that in Genesis 3, it says, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord said, where are you? God wanted to meet with them. But at that moment, fellowship had been broken because of sin. And did you catch what happened? God said, Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? And I think for some of you right now, Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door and knocking. Where are you? Because I, I want to be together. I want to spend time with you. And so he came to walk with them. In Genesis 5, 10 to 20, uh, 522, we're going a couple of chapters over in the first book of the Bible. There's a man named Enoch. And it says, then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, And he had other sons and daughters. By the way, Tyler, I think this is so interesting. He uh, lived 300 years before he became a follower of God. But what made him different? What changed him was having a child. I I think I can relate. I know you can relate. When you hold that child, all of a sudden, man, you know things change in your heart, and you want the best for him. But um, it says, "Enoch walked with God." He would walk with God. Um, I love going on walks with God. Uh, I love early morning walks with God. And I told you I'm not a morning person. Um, and just walking and looking out and talking to God about what's going to happen that day and, or what had happened the day before. Um, sometimes I talk to God and say, um, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart weren't pleasing, were they? Um, so I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk about how I can be better. Uh, and then Matt, Genesis 5, 24, it says, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God, took him. And so what happened, when they were walking one day and God just took him into heaven, it was the first rapture that ever happened. Uh, I love this story. I don't know if you've heard it before, but a little boy came home from Sunday school and the mom said, what'd you learn today? And he said, oh, mom, it was incredible. There was this guy named Enoch and Enoch would walk with God and walk with God and walk with God. And, and they just would have a great time together. And he said, then one day they were walking and walking and walking. And Enoch looked up at God and he said, God, um, I'm, I'm a long ways from home. And he said that God looked down and said, Enoch, then just come home with me. And I just think that shows this kind of intimate relationship idea this child had. And, and God just took him home. And uh, it was just this incredible moment. Genesis 6, 9 says, these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Uh, People who have a great relationship with God, that term is used. By the way, I want to tell you, I love walking with God, but I also love driving with God. I like driving in my car, talking to God, uh, putting on worship music as I do, almost always see you worship, but, uh, and, and just really, really worshiping the Lord and then talking with Him and having Him talk to me. And it just becomes incredibly, incredibly meaningful. Um, one time I was in a, a moment of what I would call centered prayer, and I came to a stoplight. It was, again, a very busy, stressful day that I was getting ready to enter. I knew almost for sure the meeting I was gonna have was gonna probably not at least start well. And so I I felt like I might be late and I hate being late anyway, but I really hate to be late to a meeting (laughs) that's already not gonna go well. And I'm sitting at the light and that stress is welling up within me. And I thought, Lord, I just need you right now. And I began to center my heart and, and fill my mind with God. And I really felt like the Lord said, look over there. And I looked and there was an older man walking with a little child holding his hand. And I felt like God said, that's us. And I'm gonna walk with you into that meeting. And maybe that's not meaningful to anybody else, but I'll tell you what it was to me. Even now I can feel the emotions of what it was like to be with the Lord in that moment. So walking with God. So what I'm trying to tell you I need you to do, I want you to do, is to to pray, to get away alone and pray and talk with God, to take times to walk with God. And then for sure, let me go ahead and hit you with one more. Spend quality time with God by reading his word and interacting with him. Not just reading the word, but letting God teach you. Uh, in John 8, 31 and 32, it says this. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, which means every single day, every moment, be in the word of God and have the word of God in you, then you are truly disciples of mine and will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Jesus said the real person who loves me, my disciples, are those who are going to be in my word and it will give you freedom. It will set you free. how blessed is the man. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you with his love. God wants to bless you with his presence. God wants to bless you with his power. God wants to bless you by having his promises become real in your life. So when you read the Bible, that's a description of your life, not something you aspire, something you live. God wants that for you. And I want to just give you a heads up. My my hope for you is this. That starting either tonight or tomorrow and not missing a day, you set a time to meet with God. For me, it's the morning. Uh, For my best friend, it's always at night. But meet with God. Um, Find a place that's secluded that you and he can spend quality time together. And then what do I want you to do? I want you to set a time and make it a priority. Then I want to have you do this. Be with him. Now that might, see, what do you mean? be with God. Don't just open your Bible. Start by praying and saying, God, come near. The Bible says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. And say, Lord, draw me close. And then maybe do what it says in 1 Samuel 3. Say, Lord, speak to me. Really talk to me because I'm going to listen. I really want to hear from you. And then a great thing to pray is this. Lord, I pray you're going to reveal yourself to me as we spend this time together. Jesus promised that if we love the Father and obey his commands, that that he would come and reveal himself to you. And so uh, start by saying, hey, I really want to be with you right now. And then you open the word of God and you begin to read scripture. Uh, You begin to read it, but here's how. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, pointing out things to you. So as you're reading, if all of a sudden something stands out, say, Lord, did you want me to see this? Or if you see something, you don't know what it means, go, Lord, I have no clue what that means would you tell me? Would you tell me what this means? By the way, I can't tell you the number of times I prayed that prayer, and the answer came, and it it ended up being the right one that I would not have known any other way. And just keep talking to God about what you're reading. Say, Lord, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, I did that. (laughs) He already knew, by the way. But, But just talk to God about it. Maybe say, Lord, I I really need to see this happen in my life. I really need this for my friend. And just talk to God about it. And then be in the habit, this is to me important, and you got to decide if you're going to do it. Be in the habit of writing down whatever God tells you. Now, I want to tell you two reasons I think you should do that. Something powerful happens when you think a thought and write it down. By the way, research, neurological research, shows that's true. Your brain becomes more active, and you're far more likely to remember it. And by the way, uh, if God tells you something important, you should write it down. Uh, My friend Mark Lee, uh, Tracy will tell you this, my assistant, uh, but he always gets me because I'll be talking to him and go, oh, 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 I got to write that down. And, And I'm like... That's not that important. He's like, no, no, no. How did you say that? And he just shows so much value and respect and honor. So do you ever go, Lord, wait, wait. I really need to write down what you told me. I really need to write that down. The second thing is this, is as you write and keep it in a place like a journal like I have, and I have multiple volumes now over 18 years, um, there's so many times I've gone back and grabbed 2007. 2007 or 2010, or just recently, I went to this time last year when COVID started and opened it up and said, whoa, I was scared. (laughs) Uh, I really was. And uh, I read and I noticed, I said, God, could this happen? Would you do that? And all of a sudden, I'm like, you did it. Answers to prayers, sad to say, maybe it's just me, I forgot. But they happen, they're real, and they happen In a way, they could not be a coincidence. And when you write that down, it happens. Revelation 3.20 again. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Remember, that means he's coming to you right now. No matter where you are, when you're hearing this, he's coming to you and he said, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If you would listen, if you would hear my voice and open up, and I want to come be with you. Right now, there's some of you he wants to come be with, and you need to say the words, come in. You need to say the words to the Lord, come in, come in, come in. And I'm going to to ask you to pray it. Maybe you're not a Christian, you've never done that before. Maybe you ought to just say, Lord, you know what? Right now, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm not even sure if you're real, but I, I'm hearing that this is what you want. So here I am, just a little bit of faith, Come in, come in. Maybe you're a Christian who needs to come to the Lord for the, because something happened. You, you need to recommit. Maybe you need to do this with some friends. Maybe you need to do this as a couple. By the way, some of you might need to do this with your kids. See, I wanna gather you guys together. You know what? I haven't been walking with Jesus the way I should. I'm gonna rededicate my life tonight and I want you here when that happens. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. And I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down. Or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now. And make me yours. In Jesus name. Amen, and amen means the truth, amen means for real, and praise God if you prayed that prayer. But let me say this, Jesus has taught us throughout the word, God has shown us from the beginning of the Bible to the end, that what God wants you to do is start by making a private commitment, but he also wants to make it public. In other words, he wants you to tell somebody, let people know, especially a people of faith. And we wanna be a people of faith who hear about your decision. So if you pray that prayer, we want you to text AMEN to 77247. Text AMEN, which means the truth, to 77247. Then we're going to get back to you and we're going to send you a gift because we want to celebrate with you what happened uh, in your life tonight. And this gift will also help you grow in your faith in God. Another way to let us know you've done this is go to crossroadschurch.family and click on I said yes. But I want to say, please do that. Don't hide out. Don't just let this go. This is so big. This is so important. I want you to mark this moment in time as being that special by texting amen or by going to crossroadschurch.family. Thanks again for joining us. Here at Crossroads, we're all about helping people take their next step. So, what's your next step? Whether you've made a decision to follow Jesus, want to be baptized, or you're interested in knowing more about God and the Bible through our Alpha class, we can help you take your next step at crossroadschurch.family. We also want to invite you to gather your family and friends to join us right here online again next week. We're live Wednesdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss out on any new messages. If you found this message encouraging, click the like button and let us know how we can pray for you this week in the comments. Finally, if your life is being impacted by Crossroads and if you wanna be part of making an impact all over the world, you can head to CrossroadsChurch.org family to do that now. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time.